Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Before we get into today's episode, we've got to give a couple quick announcements. The first and most pressing is that this Thursday, January 17, we will be hosting a free powerlifting coaching clinic out in Arlington Heights. Uh, if you'd like a link to that clinic, I think it's going to be an awesome day. Uh, it comes, again, it's a free clinic. It comes with a referee certification, uh, some a couple of great speakers, one of which is today's guest, Tom Soroka. You're not going to want to miss out on it. Anyone who is either uh, already deep into powerlifting training, uh, athletes, you're welcome to come as well, but certainly coaches who are either deep into their seasons already or, or hoping to get a, a team started in the coming years, this is the event for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just coming back from Savannah, Georgia, where I was down at the Nakahee National Conference. It's a National Association of Kinesiology and Higher Education, presenting on some research that we have done that links, essentially linking exercise to affective enhancement, so improvements in mood, focus, and wakefulness. Some pretty cool stuff going on there. In the coming weeks, we've got some more really cool things lined up. Uh, we are probably headed out to, geez, it's gonna be a busy month, Boston. Uh, we got some initiatives on the south side of Chicago, down to Virginia, back home for a few events in Chicago area, including a fundraiser on January 31st. So if you're in the greater Chicagoland area on January 31st, we've got a fundraiser at Valley Lodge in Wilmette. It starts at seven o'clock. It's gonna be another really cool event. People are gonna have not only the opportunity to learn more about the Good Athlete Project and support the initiatives in a variety of ways. Uh, we're gonna have merchandise and a whole host of things there. Uh, but we're, for the first time, um, allowing people to essentially become the namesake of some of our scholarships. For example, if you want to have your name or the name of a loved one on a scholarship given annually to a basketball player in Haiti who's demonstrated excellence in both academics and athletics, that could be you. So it could be, I'm sitting here with Coach Nadalna, it could be the Alex Nadalna. You, you like the sound of that? Let's do it. The Alex Nadalna Scholarship for basketball players in Haiti and, and um, anyway, we, we talk more about it that night, but it, but it is really, really a, a cool event. So consider coming to that. And finally, we've got a big powerlifting meet. Um, you'll notice kind of a theme of this episode, a powerlifting meet coming up um, on February 9th. It's down in Galesburg, Illinois. The hosts are Knox College, fantastic people. It's an incredible, one of the elite liberal arts institutions in the world is right here, like whatever, two and a half, three hours from Chicago, pretty close to home. Uh, we're gonna head down there. We've got athletes from Knox College, uh, North Park University, University of Illinois, McKendree, uh, and a variety of other places from the Midwest. If you want to register either an athlete or a coach registering a team, that link is definitely on our Instagram page and our Twitter. And again, it's at coach, the number four kindness. Look us up, hope to see you soon. So with all that in mind, we are extremely pleased to bring you today's guest, Tom Soroka. Tom's a graduate of Aurora University, where he was a three-time All-American in track and field. After college, he took up weightlifting under the tutelage of Glenn Penlay in California, and eventually went on to become a super heavyweight champion in 2013 at the American Open and in 2014 at the Arnold Classic, both obviously in his weight category. He's competed in weightlifting, strongman, and grid, which Tom will explain more about in the podcast. He's taken all that first-hand understanding, combined it with his degree in health and physical education and a, a sincere curiosity about sport, 
and turned himself into one of the elite coaches in the strength world. He's the owner and founder of Strength Agenda Performance LLC and co-owner of Big Shoulders CrossFit. Both of those establishments are in Elmhurst, Illinois. Maybe most importantly, Tom is a thoughtful, intentional, high-quality human being. He is curious about the science of strength and conditioning and all the methods and diligent in the way that he researches and practices those methods. He's also a wonderful guy and we're excited to talk to him. We've got a lot of stuff coming up with Tom in the future. Happy to partner with this guy. Uh, I think you're really going to learn a lot from today's episode. To find out more about the Good Athlete Project, find us on social media at Coach the number four kindness. That's Coach for Kindness or at GoodAthleteProject.com. And I'm not trying to bash it because I used to own one and I still love it to this day. A Bowflex. No, CrossFit. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CrossFit has done some really good things for mm -hmm. the world of fitness and it has done some really bad things. Like totally when you got coaches out there saying, I can make you, I can get you to the games. Mm -hmm. No, you cannot. Mm -hmm. Like you literally just lied to that person to get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you cannot. Like the, the way the sport has evolved now, mm -hmm. there, there's never going to be somebody that's just going to walk in your door and you're going to be like, you're going to the games. That's not how this works anymore. No. Like no. It, it takes development and this and that. And like even these top guys like Matt Frazier, he was the or is the fittest man in the world. But like when he won his first title, he ate like shit. I don't know how many times really? he posts about his Ben and Jerry's and his cookies and stuff like that. Yeah. And then like his last two titles, his diet, like he cleaned it up significantly. Mm -hmm. And he was even like nobody thought he was going to be more dominant than he was. And I mean, yeah. he got he's got he's to the point now. I don't, I don't remember this year because I didn't pay. I, I, there was something going on that same weekend. So I wasn't able to pay as much attention. But like last year, I think he had the whole thing wrapped up by the last day. Really? Like he didn't need to do like the and last yeah. the last event or two. Like he could have just coasted and would have won. Like he was that much better than everybody else. And it mm -hmm. goes back to all that stuff. Like it's just the basics. Yeah. He has them down and then he builds from there. And that's mm -hmm. like you're talking about like nutrition with the micronutrients. Like we do nutrition coaching. Mm -hmm. And I get people all the time being like, What supplements do you think I take? I'm like, yeah. let's get the other stuff figured right. out first before I start, you know, peddling stuff to well, you. Well, that could be a podcast on its oh, own. God, like yeah, like yeah, you yeah. Know, we work primarily in the high school realm when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exact that's the first yeah. question. I hate that I hate the like a carb is a carb. Yes, but like kind of. Yeah, yeah but like, you know, it, the body's gonna burn it a little bit differently yeah. than you know Cheetos have carbs. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. You get all the carbs you need from Cheetos. Yeah. Like you're trying to gain weight? Absolutely. A carb yeah. is a carb. Yeah. Like you're trying to, you know, create a fine tuned machine? No, that's not how that works. Like right. you want better quality sources than not. Yeah. But, well, okay, so on that note, yeah. For, to, getting from three thirty to two seventy five ish. What was what was I was two fifty before that. Were you really? I went so I went three thirty or I started out I was like two eighty, two ninety. Yeah. Went up to three thirty. Down, down to like down to down to like three oh five. Then from three oh five down to two fifty. Mm -hmm. And then from two fifty back up to two seventy five. I've run the gamut. That's some of, real fluctuation. I've run the gamut yeah. of weight fluctuation. <laughs> so like when people are like, What are your qualifications? I'll like post like four different pictures I'm like here. I've That's done right. all Yeah, which one? Like leave it's me a menu alone. Of, yeah, of body exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how, so what were some of the things to, to go from – let's do the uh, the top level when you were at your biggest. How did, first of all, how did you get to 330? What was, you said it wasn't not, the kind of 330 healthy. you would want it. Like, yeah. So here's the deal. Like I, I, I said before, um, I got off the plane. when I, I Glenn Penley was the guy who recruited me out to Cal Strength. I got off – or when we were talking on the phone, I told him what I weighed. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm like 270 at the time. I think I was like 265 or whatever, but I started putting weight on because I'm like, if I'm going to be competing with like Donnie Shangle and John North, like I got to get stronger. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to start eating. Yeah. Um, 
So I was about 280 or whatever. By the time I got us, I put on about 20 pounds before I got out to Cal Strain. But he was like, you know what? You might be like a, a 105, which is 231 and under. Mm-hmm. He goes based on, because you know, I was six foot. Donnie, I think, is like 5'10 or something like that. So they were figuring I was like comparable in size to him. I get off the plane. Glenn looks at me and goes, no. He goes, you're going to be a super. I was like, oh, okay. So what does that mean? I said, am I cool just the way I am? He goes, no, you need to be bigger, like over 300. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean over this? I, got, I come home and I'm like, I get to eat everything I want. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> I got up to like 290 by mm-hmm. the time I got out there. And I had, I had no idea. Like, yeah. um, I remember like video timing with, or uh, FaceTiming with people and video chatting. And like, I'd have like a blender. And I'd be putting milk in there and protein powder and all sorts of shit in there. And Glenn would walk up with like a thing of ice cream. You need more in there. Wow. Put like two scoops of ice cream. And I'm sitting there with a blender and a straw. I'm just drinking it at night. Yeah. Like we lived in South Carolina. Uh, I finally got over 300 pounds that time I got to South Carolina. It took forever to go from 290 to 300. Like Hmm. took forever. It took me about three months to do it. Yeah. Um, Because my body just rejected it. It did not want to be that heavy. So I got to South Carolina and I remember like sitting at the table and like my wife was like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't, I'm not hungry. I was like, but I have to finish this. Like I literally would have like salad bowls of food. Like, I felt like a freaking horse with a little feed bag. Yeah. Like, I was <laughs> always eating. Yeah. And it was like things like rice and grits and steaks and chicken and all the good stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Screw this. Yeah. So I start, I'm a pack of Oreos. I ate a pack of Oreos at night while I'm sitting there watching TV. It was Sounds a lot. Delicious. Pack of Oreos and milk was way easier to get down. Oh, than, yeah. For than, sure. Than a thing of rice and steak. Yeah, I was like, fuck absolutely. this. Um, and, you know, I cakes and all the good stuff. Yeah. Ice cream. I You know, there was a Waffle House by my house. Like, I can get a full oh, meal. Man. I can get a whole meal. Like, I, it was walking distance. Six I get a, bucks or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ten bucks. I was like, I get, you know, a bunch of, we, this is gross. But after training on Saturdays, there were about four of us that lived Three guys lived with me, and then another guy had an apartment in our same complex. And we all would go over to the Waffle House after Saturday training. Saturday training would end about 11. We'd go over there about noon. It was right by our house. The ladies all knew when we came in. They were getting tips, and they loved it. Yeah. About eight of us would walk in, sit down, and what I would do is I would order. They had cheeseburgers for a dollar, okay, or burgers, whatever. I would order six of them, and i say, without the bun. Mm-hmm. Can I get also two chocolate chip waffles? And so i take a waffle. i take the patties, oh, yeah. put them on there. Put the other waffle on top, cover it with like butter and syrup, and I eat it. I eat like two of those sometimes. I hope people are taking notes on yeah. this. So like, <laughs> it, was it was it was not a clean bulk as <laughs> yeah, yeah as people would say. So like, I, I ate all that stuff, and I got up like at my heaviest. So when I won the American Open, I was three twenty seven. I remember yeah. my weight clears that I yep. was the heavy. I finally was the heaviest. Yeah, you know, in in my weight class for I never because the, the problem was is like. Competing with guys in my weight class, I was the shortest. Yeah. Like, it was always funny to people because I'm always considered a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I got involved in weightlifting, like, my wife, I remember taking a picture of my first national championship. It was, like, 6'2", 6'3", 6'3", 6'3", 6 foot, 6'3", 6'4". And it was just, it was funny to people yeah. that I was considered small, small for that weight that, class. Yeah. So, like, by the time I got to the American Open I, that in 2013, I was the biggest. Yeah. But not height-wise. Like, I was, like, a freaking balloon. Yeah. <laughs> And so I won that year, my first national competition that I won. Mm-hmm. I won it because Kane Wilkes, who is the best super right now, missed his flight. So mm-hmm. thank you, Kane, and Mother Nature <laughs> for that one. But I, I won the competition. I was the heaviest. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I got back to MDUSA, didn't take a break, 
got right back into training because I was trying, I was an alternate for the Pan Am team Hmm. and I was trying to make the Pan Am team. Just went right back into it. And that's when things started going downhill. I started noticing my back was bugging me really bad. I started noticing my elbows kind of hurt. And I was like, Mm -hmm. why does that hurt? Didn't ignore it. Just kept pushing. Well, I ended up dislocating my elbow in training one day. Went to go do a jerk. Bar got a little loose and I hurt up in my elbow. Went to a Cairo PT, put it right back in. He goes, yeah, your elbow's out. Didn't know it. Kept freaking training on it like an idiot. Back started really bugging me. I couldn't sleep at night because like I just couldn't get comfortable. Like my back started really just hurting. Yeah. Um, my knees just started aching. Like my for, for one Thanksgiving, I had my nieces come out. Um, my 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 wife's uh, sister and her family came out to hang out with us for Thanksgiving because Chicago it's cold and all that. Thanksgiving for us in South Carolina was sixty degrees. Yeah. So they came out for a Thanksgiving. It was our first Thanksgiving there. They wanted to go on a hike. I couldn't go on the hike. Hmm. My knees were killing me. My ankles were killing me from just walking around for like 20 minutes. And I had to train later that day. So I felt like a piece of crap. I'd sit in the car while they're all hiking. And, you know, then I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Went to the national championships in 2014. My elbow dislocated again on, hmm. a, on a snatch. I like it dislocated. I didn't realize it dislocated. Went back, started warming up. And it legit, I heard it and saw yeah. my elbow move. And I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm withdrawing from the competition. Then I told you about the story about my, my hip. I we had a Morgan King was getting ready to compete at Pan Am. She was the first person from our training center to compete at an international competition. So we were all excited to watch her compete. We rushed through our training session, and my coach uh, at the time, Glenn, um, we had five singles at 190 kilos in the clean. I did them all. We we're me and Caleb Whitby were training. We did them like all Emom style, or maybe Sean was with me. I don't remember who it was, but did them all. And started taking all my my wraps off, my shoes, my belt. Took it all off. It's sitting in a pile. And Glenn walks over and goes, you didn't do all your sets. And I was like, yes, I did. He goes, and I only saw you do three. I'm like, fine, I'll do them again. In my gym shoes, no knee wraps, no belt, mm-hmm. like an idiot. Cleaned the first one, dropped it. And I was like, you want to see another? Like an idiot, went to go do mm-hmm. it. My foot kicked out really bad. And instead of dropping it and resetting, I stood it up anyways. And I heard pop, 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 pop in my hip. 330 pounds and your hips in a sumo stance with, you know, 420 pounds sitting on your chest is not a conducive for I've already heard this story and it still makes me yeah. cringe <laughs> like I didn't know what I did though yeah we didn't have medical care anything like that like I had a Cairo that I was seeing I went to the Cairo he goes I think you're all right I think you just you know messed up your bursa sacs a little bit so he pulled up but he went to go pull on my hip to adjust it and yeah. it came out oh. like, like like it was pushed up in my socket and yeah. I didn't know that and he pulled it and he goes that shouldn't have done that so I was like, you know what? This is what we're going to do. And he like, we, I'm like, we need a plan. He goes, you have to do everything narrow stance. Mm. I don't know if you've ever tried snatching and cleaning with your feet about hip width. Mm. It's not really fun. Yeah. So then that started adding to the injuries and all that. Then you fast forward, we bought a house. And I walked up to the top floor. It was like three flights of stairs. And I was like out of breath. I'm like, I'm done. This is not good anymore. Like I feel like shit. I can't sleep. I, my quality of life is suffering. Right. So I'm like, I'm losing weight. And I cut down to, I think I was, like I said, like 305, 315, somewhere in between there. Was still lifting pretty decent numbers. Wasn't at my best, but, like, I had cleaned 200 still, yeah. 200 kilos. I had snatched 150. I snatched 151 off the blocks, which was, like, a good indicator of where I was. And the people that ran the training center started getting really mad at me. They are like, why are you losing weight? You're not dedicated anymore. And I'm like, I literally destroyed my body. Like, what more could you could, could you want from me? I've given you my primary yeah. resource. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, it, that was just the, it for me. Like, my quality of life suffered, and I ended up going to the American Open, not doing well. I ended up bombing uh, in the clean and jerk, 
And they were like, they blamed it on me losing weight. They blamed it on everything except for what the actual issues were. Yeah. And I was like, I don't need this anymore. So I left and they were like, it's fine. You're not going to be worth anything anyways. Wow. So like as a big middle finger, I got involved in the grid league, which was the, uh, uh, the MPGL. It was essentially, it was like CrossFit, but it was teams. Hmm. And it was, I, the best way to describe it is relay, relay races with weights and gymnastics movements. And so, <laughs> so each, so each, um, team had like a barbell specialist, a gymnast, a body weight specialist, and mm-hmm. like utility players. So I got put on a minor league team for DC's franchise. Loved it. Yeah. Um, needed to lose a lot of weight. Though. I was still 300 pounds, but I was able to compete with all these guys. Then they had a pro league and like a couple of the pro people were like, like for instance, I went to a combine and I couldn't do rope climbs. And I turned in my score sheet after the rope climb event and had a zero. And he goes, zero. I was like, yeah, I can't do them. And the guy looked at me and goes, well, somebody doesn't want to be a pro athlete. And I was like, well, you can kiss my you-know-what. So I'm like, you know what? We're doing this. I got a nutritionist. Uh, started dropping more weight again. And that's when I went yeah. to the 250 side of things. Yeah. And over the course of like a year and a half, I got down to 250. I could do muscle-ups. Um, I was doing cross- – I, I opened Big Shoulders CrossFit. I was doing all sorts of stuff like that. Um, I, handstand push-ups became my jam. Like yeah. I could do – I could cycle and do strict handstand push-ups faster than people could do them kipping. Mm-hmm. I could walk like 100 feet at a time. Yeah. Like in, wow. in certain races, they have a race called Jack and Jill, which is primarily gymnastics movements. Like yep. I would go out and do the gymnastics movements if they involved inversion. Yeah. Because like I could do parallel handstand pushups. I could cycle, you know, deficit handstand pushups. I could yeah. walk 20 feet, you know, quickly if need be. Um, I even went out one time and did a muscle up because we needed to get one muscle up done. And he's like, yeah. I need somebody to go do it. And I'm like, all right, I'll do I got it. You. Yeah. And so I went and did it. But I could also cycle a barbell. Like I can move, I can move 200, 300, you know, pounds fast mm-hmm. for multiple reps. And there were just a lot of people that didn't have that combination. So I ended up getting drafted by New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't play. Um, they pretty much draft. I was told. I don't know how accurate this is. I was told they drafted me, so another team wouldn't draft me because they didn't want to compete against me. Which I guess is a good thing. But I'm a competitive. It's person. A nice compliment. It's a nice compliment. But I wanted yeah. to compete. You know. Right. Right. So and then apparently a couple other teams tried trading for me that I mm-hmm. found out. And New York pretty much was like, we want the bank for him. And I'm like, this sucks. So I sat at home and I watched people on that team struggle with stuff that I knew I could do easily. So that kind of sucked. And then I sold Big Shoulders CrossFit and opened the strength agenda. And that's when I met Jack. And so Mm -hmm. I started, you know, I'm like, you know, I need to find something to do. So I started getting into the Highland Games. But being 250 pounds is not conducive to the Highland Games. So I didn't took care of my own nutrition and I just started slowly putting weight back on in a better way, though. I yeah. focused on quality of the food. I focused on nutrient timing and stuff like that. And like I said, and then Moss Wrestling came around, and they have a 275 weight class. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? That is a perfect class for me. And so I just I stay around like 270, 275, mm-hmm. and that's where I've been at now. And I, I, I feel better. Um, I feel like I look better than when I was at 275 previous. Like, I have two pictures I'll post probably for a transformation Tuesday for likes or something, but I'll post them and compare. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I have two different pictures of me at 275 and I think I look better now than I did then. Mm -hmm. And it just, yeah. So when people start with me about the, Oh, what have you done? You know, body weight wise, I'm like, I have run the gamut. Yeah. It's just not. That's good to be able to give like clients and and athletes for sure. And I feel like it also helps me relate. And that's the one thing I, when when I started coaching, like, my thing, my thing is still to this day, I'm like, I'm never going to ask you to do something. I'm not either willing to test out myself mm-hmm. or I haven't done. Yeah. And so I feel like the nutrition with that final piece of the puzzle, like yeah. I've done it all. I've been the fat ass. 
I've been the dude with, you know, the, the, the I, I call him, you know, the frat boy with like the ab look. Yeah. And now I'm just a pure strength athlete. Yeah. Like I am not doing, my body is for go, not show. Like, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel about it. Like, yeah. It, it's good to have that level of authenticity for yeah. sure. Cause like we, I think about this regularly. Um, I think back to when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. It was the most vivid moment of this where, where I, there was one coach in particular who was what I'm not going to make a comment on his fitness, but I know for a fact he couldn't run. Yeah. I knew you know, exactly. around the field. Everybody's you know had that coach. Everybody's had, had that coach. coach. And then it's like, and like no judgment. Again, we talk about this. I'm not judging that dude. He can live his life the way he wants to live his life. Right, 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 right. I don't right, care. Right. But it is awfully hard to stomach when I'm like toast after a long practice doing conditioning and having that guy tell me run faster, you know, keep yeah. going. Like, so that level of authenticity goes a long, long yeah. way. I will, my, my, just for sake of sharing, uh, my weight transformation wasn't as drastic, but like I was, I remember the first time I hit 274 yeah. on the scale. Um, and now I'm like the 225, 230 mm-hmm. is where I hover. Yeah. And I compete in powerlifting just to yeah, yeah. stay in it, kind Something, of. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, like, I don't know. All of this feels very natural and authentic to me because, like, yeah. I, I feel oftentimes at 6'2, like the, like I don't belong in this weight class in yeah. powerlifting. And that was like with Matt, like my yeah. one athlete. Like he was cutting down. I don't remember what weight class he was cutting down to. Is he uh was he going might have been two twenty or one he was probably going down to ninety eight because he's like yeah. two twenty five right now. I think now. he's naturally like and that. I'm like yeah. and I'm like, why are you doing that? I'm like, you're you're over six foot. Like stop. Like yeah. that your body's not meant to do that. Cut like, it just, out, right. Just eat some food, man. Yeah. Um it's way yeah. more fun that yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean my whole thing was like I, I always also wanted to like lead by example. Mm-hmm. Like I always hated those coaches who, you know, everybody's had them that were like back in my day, I did this. Yeah. And I always like, I, I remember as a kid looking being like, really could have fooled me. Yeah. Like it kind of, yeah. and I never want that said about me. No, no. You know, it, like, it's so it, I don't want to overdo it. So I, I'm always careful with this. Cause like you don't need to be a world-class athlete no. to be a good coach. No, not at all. But there is like the, the word authenticity keeps coming back. Yeah. One of the, one of the uh, mandates of our professional development where we're at is uh, I've, I've made it so that everyone has to compete in something. Yeah. And I don't care what it is. Yeah. It can just be get, be, get your best 5K time. I don't care. Yeah. But you have to know what it feels like to train. You have to know what it feels like right. to, to hammer yourself on squats on a Monday and come back and try to clean right. on a Tuesday or whatever it is. You can't just look it up and write exactly. it down. It, it, it's funny you mention that because I've had people – both, you know, when I ran a CrossFit and even now we've had interns come to the gym and be like, I want to coach the weightlifting. And I'm like, that's great. Mm-hmm. But there's two requirements. One of two. You got to do one of them. And I don't care which one. You either have to complete an entire training cycle that I write. Yeah. Or you need to prepare for a meet. Because I, I, I know weightlifting is not unique in this sense. But in my experience, you can't relate to what the athlete is going through. Like you can't mm-hmm. read it in a book. No. You cannot relate to what they're going through unless you've done it yourself. Yeah. I had one coach in particular. I'm not going to name names again, but he was so mad. I wouldn't let him coach weightlifters. Mm-hmm. And I wrote two or three training cycles for him, gave him a couple different ones. He'd get like two weeks into it and he'd quit. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you expect to coach other athletes and have them buy into what you're saying yeah. if you quit two weeks in? Yeah. And it was like... Everybody, and, I, and, and the one you know thing that always drives me nuts is people are like, but I have this certification. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm CrossFit Level 1 certified, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know I can get you better at bar muscle-ups. Right. Like, I can teach you some basics, some basics but right. I don't know the 
find the, the ins and outs of it. I can't do a bar muscle up. So therefore, if it comes up, like when it would come up in programming, I'm like, look, this is what I've seen works right. for other people. I don't personally know. Like I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not going to sit here and try to be a jack of all trades if I really don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And yeah. so like my, I have an intern that was with us this last fall or uh, uh, spring and I told him flat out, I was like, because he wanted to intern the weightlifting. I was like, you have to do our barbell 101. And our barbell 101 is just two days free. You move with an empty bar and a PVC pipe. Yep. Anybody can come and do it. You don't have to be part of the team. You, I just, because I don't want somebody to show up to the gym and be like, oh, I work, I, I did an intro there. Mm-hmm. And they move like crap. That makes mm-hmm. me look bad. That makes the gym look bad. So even if right. you don't sign up with us, I will hammer, you do like 250 reps with a PVC pipe and an empty barbell. Mm-hmm. And I just get on you until you do it right. That's yep. just how I am. And I told this intern, I'm like, you cannot shadow me for weightlifting until you do Barbell 101. Never did it. He, he stayed over on the sports performance side, and I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. And I, I was okay with that. And he, you know, and he asked, he goes, you never let me shadow weightlifting. I'm like, I told you what you had to do. Yeah. Like, it's very simple. But, like, when I get people, I've had people be like, can I, in, can I, can I shadow you in terms of weightlifting? I was like, oh, I was like, what are your lifts? Well, I haven't competed. Well, you need to compete. Why do I need to compete? Because you need to understand what they're going right. through. Like, it's more than just the X's and O's. Like you need to be, you can't, you know, psychology, you mm-hmm. know, school them to a PR. Like you need right. to understand why they're feeling the way they're doing what are feeling, why they did what they did on a certain mm-hmm. lift. And you need to be able to assess, dissect, and then, you know, 100%. give them, give them an answer. There's no question. Unless you've, uh, it's actually, you talk about psychology school, the, the biggest I, complaint. I, I have nothing against it. Like, no, I know. Dude. Yeah, I completely, just, yeah. I, but the biggest complaint about the people in the universities is they don't have a great enough understanding of what's going on in the front. Right, right. But there's also, I mean, it's vice versa. And actually, not to just continue to self-promote here, but yeah. that's where the Good Athlete Project hopes to sit. Yeah. Is like a good, a, a fully, uh, like a, a very real understanding of what's going on in the academies and the universities yeah, yeah. and like background and research and a very intimate and real understanding of what's going on at the front, both as an athlete as a, right. and as a coach. We want all of our people to have at least the, the understanding of the front. We can give you some of the background in the, the mm-hmm. universities, but our, my big pull, uh, well, I, I've got two complaints, really. That's where it starts from. It's yeah. like see every, every, I think, good new initiative starts with seeing the need, seeing the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it's been very clear to me and reinforced regularly that we need more understanding on the front as coaches and athletes, right. like what actually works, yeah. not what you feel like what works, yeah. not what you did 30 years right. ago, but like what actually works. And then the academies need to have a better understanding of, of what people need. And like, right. like this sounds fantastic in theory, but is it actionable? Uh, can we actually install this? What is that? How do you do that in the fourth quarter with, uh, you know, yeah. with a thousand people around or whatever? Right. Like, right. can it transfer? It, it's funny you said, cause I mean, that's exactly how the strength agenda as a whole got started i saw what people were doing and i'm like you're missing it Mm -hmm. and you know that's one thing i think that you know i keep referencing my wife like uh but but she's a integral part in everything that we do with the strength agenda yeah um and that's what's her name that sorry (laughs) it's probably probably be helpful to give that up beth you're awesome um (laughs) and um but we we were constantly talking about what like we see a lot of copycatting going on in weightlifting in particular and we just we're always seeing what they're missing. And she was actually talking to me about it the other day about IQ versus EQ. Mm-hmm. And it was just something that like, I never thought of it that way, but she was like, you do this already. Mm-hmm. Like you teach people why you're doing what you're doing. Like I, I always want people to ask questions. Cause I get lifters be like, can I ask a question? And they're very timid about it. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, go ahead. Why? Yeah. 
And they're like, oh, you're cool with me. I'm be like, I'm not questioning. I'm like, no, you're not questioning. I want you to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I, I don't feel like enough coaches do that, especially like totally football, agree. whatever, you know, soccer, track and field, rugby. Like I, I started working with the Elmer's Rugby Club this year. I don't know a damn thing about rugby, mm-hmm. but I know the basics of like we had kids that just would show up 10, 15 minutes late. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, that's not going to fly. Like I sent one kid home one day and yeah. the whole club looked at me. Yeah. They're like he's one of our best players. I'm like I don't care. I don't care. Oh man! I was like I was like I was like I was like y'all got my number. Tell me you're gonna be late because he was like yeah. my dad was late getting me. I was like you have my number. Yeah. Like 15, 20 minutes late for an hour and fifteen session yeah. like is not okay. Like right. you missed the entire warm up and you're gonna get hurt because I'm not just gonna let you jump in. Can't, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like and so. I loved working with the Elmhurst Rugby Club this year because the coaches were very on board with that. They're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, do what you got to do." I, and like, I, I coached, <laughs> I coached middle school football for one year. Yeah, I'll never do it again. Really? Um, because I had, I was a teacher at the school, and I had kids who would not participate in my PE class. Um, we got a game. We got practice. Or they said, or they they well, it wasn't they didn't say it, but mm-hmm. they they came in. They're like, "Oh, I'm not feeling good. Oh, I left my unit. Like what? And I'm like, "All right, cool. You got to sit out." And then the, the the ones that were sick would be running around at practice, knocking people's heads off. And yeah. I pulled them aside. I'm like, "Is this how we're gonna play this game?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "You're gonna learn today." And I was like, "I said after practice, come see me." And I told the coaches, "I'm like, this is what I'm gonna do." I said, "Because yeah. I was the only teacher on the staff." Mm-hmm. I was like, "They need to learn." I was like, "This cannot be accepted." And the head coach was like, "Absolutely, great." Mm-hmm. After practice, I made him run four laps. Mm-hmm. Four laps, not a big deal. I mean, you right. probably recall running ten laps, like. When I was yes. in high school, we had a tire. Yeah. We had a tire that sat in a long jump pit, and you tied yourself to the tire. And if you did anything wrong, minimum punishment was ten, ten drags. Yeah. And that thing sucked. It was like a yeah. 50, 60 pound t- like it was. It was a tractor tire saying, almost. Yeah. yeah. And minimum punishment ten. You didn't get it done. It was doubled. And I remember there were guys that had like a hundred drags by the end of the season. They had yeah. to get them done. But so I thought four laps for a middle school kid was a okay. It was a little warm. It was like 85 degrees, a little humid. Made him do it. I said, guys, that can't happen again. I said, I'm not mad at you. I just, mm-hmm. you cannot do this. I said, I am your teacher. I said, I'm also your coach. When we're at school, I'm Mr. Soroka. When I'm here, I'm Coach Soroka. You need to learn the difference. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Went home. Next day, I had a parent come up to me. or I had, We had a parent liaison complained. Um, the parents think that what you did was borderline, you know, like not okay. And I was like, what? And he goes, and we all kind of agree. And I'm like, I sat and talked to each and every one of you. So I was like, after the end of the season, I was like, look, I had a great time. I said, this isn't the right fit for me. Yeah. I was like, I, I said, I hope you all understand. They said, yeah, no, we totally understand. And it, it was no hard feelings. No, nothing sure. like that. Sure. I was very open and honest, but it's just one of those things. Like it just wasn't a good fit for me. And um, and that was the, th- it, that was what started my whole like coaching, I guess, yeah. molding. Like I was just like, this is not a good fit. Like if you, I have certain standards, I'm not willing to let go. Yeah. And if we can't get in line and we can't come to a, you know, some, some sort of a understanding, like I have no problem being like, you know what? This isn't good for me. Like, yeah. I appreciate it, but no thanks. That's a healthy way to go about it. it it's, um, man, I wish I could have been in on that conversation. So I have this. We, we have this model that, mm-hmm. that feel free to use and, yeah. and we can talk about how to collaborate and help your yeah, yeah. kids and your people or whatever. But like, it's just, it's just very simple. It always comes back to the, the, the bedrock of all of our consultation and the way that we interact with groups is mm-hmm. does your behavior match your goal? Mm-hmm. So what would be awesome, I think, 
and I hope to move to this. Usually it's for teams or organizations and stuff like that. You just kind of, you triggered something really, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I hope is a cool idea, getting parents and coaches aligned to say the same thing. Right, essentially right, right, saying like, right. listen, what is, what is, hey parents, what's the goal for exactly. your kids? And, if, and we have this workshop, it's called Character by Design. If we were to get them to identify the fact that one thing we want for our kids is yeah. for them to understand what it takes to be part of a functioning yeah. team, to yeah. understand their responsibility and their obligation to somebody else, yeah. to be held accountable for their, their actions, mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z, what that does, and this is all, it's all about messaging, what that does is it might equip someone like you mm -hmm. and the coaches with like a rationale for the behavior. Yeah. Listen, yeah. again, you, you there's an art to it always. It's always. like, listen, ma'am, I know... You're, that kid is the most important thing in your life. I totally yeah. get it. I know why you want to be protective. But the, the, here's the here's the mm -hmm. here are the goals that we all kind of mm -hmm. live by. Mm -hmm. We said accountability was important. Here's what I saw. Here's how I reacted. Uh, do exactly. you think that yeah. we, it was yeah. held up yeah. to that or not? Because I, you know, last chance you people like to bucket tough coaching into one bucket and right. soft right. coaching into right. another right. bucket. And the truth is, like those things are interacting all the time. Yeah. And not to not to kind of bogart the conversation here no. but like a guy actually he's the guy i work with still uh was one of the most effective coaches in my life he's like literally he was you know him alex uh one of the most intense yeah terrifying human being yeah. at certain times and i was in high school i responded to that like i was on it absolutely that guy could do he could have asked me to do anything i yeah. probably would have done it yeah and the reason that i am grateful for it is because Given the time of year, in football season, he's a he's a football guy. Yeah. After football practice, slightly different. Uh, but over the summer, when stakes are kind of off, he's put put his arm around you. I'm here for you. I'm you know what I mean. And it's only having the the balance of those yeah. two things. Yeah. It's only because yeah, yeah. of the balance that he could be the kind of guy right, that right. he was. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah. but the way of talking through that no, aligning it's, behavior. It's, it's, with it's funny you mention it. So like our sports performance program, our sports performance program at the gym has not reach the levels of our weightlifting team yeah. yet um, because I had a little more clout in the weightlifting game than I did in sports performance. Mm -hmm. Like you have to build that reputation with of your community course. and stuff yep. like that. But like the one thing that my coach, like I'm very fortunate to have the coach I have, um, Mike Zella, he was um, at the training center with me in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, I actually knew his wife first. She was a thrower in college and we competed at all the same meets. Her and I became cool. really good friends. And then when I moved down there, she's like, oh, my boyfriend is doing weightlifting too. Long story short, I invited him to come to the tryout. They lived with us for a few, you know, weeks, months, whatever, after he made the team. Yeah. And then when he when I came back, I opened the gym and I'm like, hey, I want to start a sports performance program. If you want a job, let me know. Mm -hmm. He ended up coming back and he's like, Yeah, I'll do it. He was he was he played football at Bennett Academy, was the strength coach there, worked with the football team, the yeah. running backs, went to Co College, played baseball and uh, uh, uh football out there. Cool. Um and uh, I always joke around that him and I met on the football field. I played for, I played one year for Aurora. We went out to Co for a non-conference game. Oh, yeah. And I got caught not paying attention. I was a defensive lineman. I was just standing around not paying attention. And he cleaned my clock. Ran he? But he's like he's like 5'5", five, five, tiny yeah. dude. Yeah, just yeah. ran into me, knocked me over. Yeah. And I, I always joke around. I was like, that's when I met Mike. Yeah. I remember yeah. looking around being like, who hit me? And I turned yeah. around and this little guy that got me. Um, that's but, awesome. but anyway, so he runs my sports performance. And the one thing him and I are always big on with the kids is accountability. We give them our number. Like, yep. I don't like to give out my number, but I have like a bunch of middle school kids in the Elmhurst area where I live that have my number. And we yeah. say, if you're going to be late, you need to let Just us know. know. I don't want right. mom and dad calling me. Mm -hmm. I don't Love want, that. you know, whatever. Because when you, again, we tell the parents this when we're signing them up, because like when they get off to college, 
like you're not going to be able to talk to the coach. Mm -hmm. Like if they want a college scholarship, they've got to be able to communicate. They've got to make eye contact. So when the kids come in, we're shaking their hands or fist bumping. We make sure they're making eye contact. When they're talking to us, I'm like, I need you to look at me. I can't hear you. Like we're just working on those little things with these younger kids to make sure that like, because they're all on travel leagues. Yeah. And like, we have one kid in particular. He has no desire to do sports at all. Hands down my favorite athlete at the gym. Like, hmm. he had no desire to do sports. Was very slouched. Wouldn't make eye contact. Wouldn't speak up. Whatever. He comes in the gym now. Him and I are joking around. He talks smack to me. I talk <laughs> smack to him. You know, he's, his posture has changed. His whole, like, just demeanor has changed. And his yeah. mom tells us all the time, like, he starts acting up. My coach and I, like, during the summer, we took him out to lunch. And I'm like, look, your mom says you're doing this. Like... It's unfortunate. He lives right by me. Mm-hmm. So I've like okay. just, show- so I've, I've yeah. just showed up and I've texted him and said, hey, I'm outside. Let's, let's go eat. And we'll take him out to lunch. Me and the coach have taken him out numerous times, uh, awesome. Mike and I. And we're like, knock it off. Yeah. Like, your mom told us, like, stop it. And he's like, okay. Like, he gets <laughs> yeah. it and stuff like that. But he's a really good kid. Like, and we got we're trying to develop that with a lot of these kids because yeah. it's at the point now where we can do that. And I'm the same way with all my weightlifters. Like, mm-hmm. they can call me at any time if they have a question. They can talk to me at any time. Like, I'm not just there to make them a better weightlifter. Like, there's so much more. Like, if these kids, if these guys want to get into coaching, I let them help me out with stuff. I let, I show them this is why I do certain things or yep. this and that. Like, they want to help with things that go on in the gym. Like, I'm like, okay, this is something I need help with. If that's something you can do, great. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, it's an all-encompassing deal we're trying to help people that's with. Because awesome. at the end of the day, it's not just X's and O's. Right. Like, for instance, we, we, we had a weightlifting meet get moved a weekend before. And this guy's like, oh, I can't make it the weekend I got moved. I'm going to be in Seattle. But maybe I'll ask my girlfriend if she's cool with me going competing at a meet out there. I said, you're going to end up single (laughs) if you do that. It's not the end of the world. We'll get it sorted when you get back from your vacation. Go take your vacation. Don't worry about it. He's like, are you sure? Trust me. I am 100% positive. If I planned a non-competitive weekend or week of vacation with my wife and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'd be divorced. Like, yeah. don't do that. Right. Kind of a deal. Right. So it's just little tidbits yeah. like that. We're like, this isn't the end all be all. You're not a professional athlete. That's You're right. Not going to the Olympics. That's right. Yet, maybe. Yeah. Right. Don't exactly. Know. But like, it, you do not kill yourself now for something that is so far down the road. It's so right. It's it's uh it's like you see Bill Belichick. Yeah. Uh, that's probably okay yeah. for him. But only him. Yeah. Like high school youth coaches, you are not Bill Belichick. No. If you're trying to get the 1% at the pinnacle to win the yeah. Super Bowl, that's one thing. But teaching people to how to uh, live balanced, yeah. well-considered yeah. lives, yeah. that sounds like what you're doing. The right. shirt, I don't know if you saw the back of the shirt. Yeah, yeah. Beyond yeah, strength. Yeah, yeah. Is, like That's the idea. If sure. all you're teaching – because here's the truth. Even for guys like whatever, I think I'm going to be uh, – I think I'm going to be 90 years old and run circles around everyone I coach. I'm joking. kind of. But we all – I think anyone who's athletic – Hopes that they're oh, I want, like. I want to be doing. That I, I kind of want to be too, yeah. to be honest. I, want to be uh, I say that only partially, tongue in cheek, because everyone who uh, is is competitive and in like in this world mm-hmm. wants to believe that they that it will continue on, and yeah. in whatever way, if you if you develop a healthy relationship to it, it will. Because yeah. maybe one day I will win the ninety and above yeah, yeah. division well, of well, something. Like, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. So like that was the whole thing that got me involved in wanting to be a teacher in the first place. Was yeah. I had a coach, he was our offensive and defensive line coach in high school. His name was Steve Morgenthaler at Argo. And I remember every day walking to school uh, or walking into the school. Like we, the way Argo is set up, like the high school, is the front of the building on the one side, there was windows that went down into our weight room. You could mm-hmm. see into the weight room from the outside. And I remember every day walking up to school at 6.30. He's in there by himself with yeah. the lights off, working out. Yeah. Whether he's doing whatever. Yeah. Every day he yeah. was in there. 
And I'm like, and and, and he was, he, you know, he was a built dude, yeah, like strong. But he would just, it was that whole like leading by example type. You, and the guy, the guy, the guy is, I, he's retired now. I don't know how old he is, but he's still in like phenomenal shape. Yeah. I guarantee you, like even though he's retired, if he wanted to get back into coaching wrestling or football, he would still he make as it. big of an impact oh, as he sure. did when I had him. And he was the reason I wanted to be a teacher at first. And mm-hmm. now it's like, he's the example I want to follow as a coach too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to be that guy that's like 50, 60 years old being like, no excuses. Let's let, let's yeah. do it. Like if, if I got to do it with you, I'll do it with you. Well, that, that was that was his whole thing. That was what attracted me to him as as a, as a teacher and a coach. Like I remember in football, I needed a partner. Yeah, he's not. A, he he was like two twenty, two thirty, and at the mm-hmm. time I was like you know two forty whatever. And I'm like, he's like, I'll be your partner. I'm like, yeah. you don't have pads on. He's like, I don't care. I got you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I was yeah. just like I was like that's the kind of mentality I want and stuff. So yeah, yeah I'm the same way. Like I, I I'm probably gonna be that like sixty year old dude that's jumping around doing stuff i'm, I'm probably gonna roll an ankle at, sure a weightlifting, so. at a weightlifting meet you know what i'm saying because sure that's so. everybody everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody pokes fun at me because I, I jump and i get excited about my lifters yeah. when they do well and i'm probably gonna roll an ankle one of these days doing it. i'm probably gonna break something doing it like Whatever. i'm gonna land on a step or step on somebody's foot and hurt myself Whatever. if that's how you break it, 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 it it's yeah. worth it yes you know? it's but, worth it that's like it reminds me uh a guy that coached at knox college dave mckillop wouldn't he like there's oh, yeah. he, how old is mckillop Ooh. He's got to be 60s plus. 60s, yeah, yeah, but big, more. burly guy. Tell, uh, tell us about the service. Didn't he just he, retire from the service? Yeah, he just retired from the military while I was in college yeah. a few years ago. But he flew helicopters in the Army in, like, dangerous, dangerous situations. Yeah, yeah. he didn't um, just, like, move them across the park. No, no, he was, yeah. like, in, in it. Um, and <laughs> he was my D-line coach as well. And when we uh, – he would just, like – if he didn't like the way that a drill was going, he didn't like the intensity, then it's like, you're going against him now. Yeah. And he's like, no pads, just, yeah. but he's just one of those dudes where it's like, forearms, just yeah. like concrete, doesn't, like just yeah, doesn't build matter. and yeah, yeah, yeah. gets Wait. off his Harley. Yeah. Gets yeah, into right? practice and like, let's That's how go. I imagine, you know, Jim Wendler? He, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, coaches, no, he, he yeah. coaches at a, no. a high school out in Ohio. Yeah. I imagine that's how he is. Like, yeah. he does, he just, I would imagine he's just one of those dudes that like, if he doesn't like something, he's just going to go out and knock your head off and be like, do it that way. This and is like, how it's Walk that. away. Yeah. Well, and that's – so we, we played at Knox at different uh, times. Yeah. But, uh, but he was the same way. It's like if D-line – if it wasn't going well yeah. or if there's like fumble drill. And every so often, he'd go get the – he'd just jump in the pile. Just get excited about yeah. it. He's like, I'm all jacked up. It's that's like, okay, it. you're going to hurt yourself, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah awesome. you could. That's awesome. Anyway, my point for bringing all that up yeah. though was uh, the only real truth, sadly, about an athletic career is that yeah. it's going to start – and it's going to end. Gonna end. Yeah. And so like, so the beyond strength concept is like, what will you have learned from it? Right. Right. Uh, right and right, I actually right. said this in a presentation I, and I swear I got some dirty looks, but I'm like, uh, powerlifting to really bring this all full circle. It's one of the things we were talking about, potentially getting you yeah, involved yeah, in some yeah, of these yeah. powerlifting things that we're doing. If you have time, yeah. um, like if all you do is get a huge bench press, um, I mean, it's cool for a moment, kind yeah. of a fleeting moment. Yeah. But but the effort that it takes to get that huge no. bench press, if you can like, if you can transfer the process and the desire and the goal directed behavior that's and all that kind of stuff, as a coach, you're that's what you're trying spot. to package and sell. It should be it's right. Not the like that's why I hate like in, these Instagram coaches that are like, if you want to look like this, right? Buy my whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I get it, but like, I, I just posted something today on on Instagram that my that again my wife referenced. Nailing it. Um, that she sent me, and I it was something like be a resource, not a sales pitch. 
Like cool package yeah. what like f- find out the process that you did to get the accomplishment that you're mm-hmm. bragging about. Mm-hmm. Like the accomplishment is great. It's going to help you. It's going to you know get you what you're looking for. But if you can't explain or define the process that it took to get to that accomplishment, like I, I can't stand Instagram coaches that just rest on their laurels. Like if mm-hmm. your profile is all the things you've done as an athlete mm-hmm. and not the fact that you're a coach, you know? Yeah. I kind of question. Ooh, that's it. a good. I yeah, coach isn't it. in your bio. That's yeah. Huh. Like I like I like my, my Instagram. I, I'm not using mine as a like because I post my lifts. Sure. Um, because I'm still competing and stuff. That's but right. But 90% of what I post is a joke mm-hmm. of some sort because I like to laugh and <laughs> I try to and some sort of a coaching tip. Like that yeah. is what a lot of my stuff is. Or I'm I'm I'm, I'm promoting the people who've helped me, my sponsors and this and that. Like the fun stuff I get to do on a regular basis. I try to post more about that than. Um, you know, like this morning I posted something about IPAs equaling pumpkin spice latte. I don't know. And people <laughs> ate it up. But um the the, the, the also the, the the memes on the Nike stuff like yeah, I've, I been, saw some I've been I've been yeah. posting those. Those have been yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. But um but yeah, like it's just it's more, like if you're trying to be a coach, it's more than what you've done. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, nobody's gonna remember. Like mm-hmm. for instance, um I I, told, I I won the American Open in two thousand thirteen. And I Two years after I won, three years, I'm sorry, three years after I won, I was at Sarah Park, which is a renowned weightlifting club. It's very, it's got a lot of history behind it, stuff like that yeah. over uh, off of, of North Avenue and Oak Park over there. Um, it, it's part of the Chicago Park District. It's in a little basement, dirty, dingy gyms. Got stuff from like the eight, 1988 Olympics, or not 88, the, uh, the Los Angeles Olympics, 80. Yeah. And they, they put out like, the last, like the, the last Olympian they sent was 1992, you know? little bit different culture now, but back in the day, it was the place to train in this area. And I remember being down there one day because my gym was had an event and I couldn't get my training done. So I'm down there working out and stuff like that. And I'm doing snatches. And I finished my workout. I had a guy walk up to me and goes, hey, you look like you could be pretty good at this weightlifting thing. Have you ever thought about competing? Yeah. And I just laughed and I was like, no, man, like, tell me more. Tell like, yeah, who do you got? Like, I was like, do you know where I can find a good coach? And yeah. like, uh, the, uh, some of the other guys knew like about me and, and they yeah, started yeah, yeah. laughing. Yeah. And this kid had no clue and he's just talking. I, I just liked the fact that he was yeah. just, you know, like he was so enthusiastic. Yeah. I, I could not burst his bubble. You couldn't, I, right, I, right, I, right, I couldn't right. bring myself to do it. So I just went along with it or whatever. Yeah. And then afterwards he went and sat by somebody and they're like, do you realize that, you know, who that is kind of, the, and I hate when people say that cause I am nobody in the grand scheme of things. I did not make a senior you know, international team. I did not compete at the Olympic trials. Like I am a nobody in the world of weightlifting. That's bullshit. Um, I, I, I have to pause you. Yeah. I hear where you're going, but you're impacting like hundreds of lives. So as a coach, I hear, I hear as, a coach, you, as a coach, not right. as an athlete. Like okay, fair. I think I have accomplished way more as a coach in the few short years than I ever did as an athlete in weightlifting. Hmm. I will say that plain and simple. And yeah. so when people talk about what I did as an athlete, I'm like, eh, cause I'll get my lifters. What was your best? I'm like, doesn't matter. Yeah. I was like, what's your best? Right. Let's focus. Like, you know, but anyways, like, so then the kid came up and apologized afterwards and he was like, I am really sorry. I'm like, I'm you're, you didn't offend me. It's no. okay. But I remember telling one of the buddy, my buddies that was at the training center, I'm like, so I am hundred percent irrelevant now as an athlete. It's official. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. You yeah, know, like yeah. it really didn't bother me. Now had it been like a year or two earlier, been, the, yeah, me- yeah, the yeah. mental state that I was in, mm-hmm. it probably would have bothered me. But mm-hmm. at that point I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, yeah. I haven't competed in a weightlifting meet in like a year and a half. Like, yeah, that sounds about right kind of a deal. Yeah. And so it's just, that's just where, like, like I said, going back to my original point, like if you're an athlete, like, or were an athlete mm-hmm. and you're resting on laurels that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, like, yeah. what have you done in that meantime? Like, right. ha, ha, have you been able to capitalize on it? Have you been able to share your process or 
your your gifts or your talents that got you to those accomplishments yeah. with others so that they can do the same. That's or right. you just still like, here, I'm so-and-so, you want to talk to me kind of a deal. You should pay yeah. for my seminar kind of a deal. Like that, that, that's, that, right. that's where that's how I operate now more than anything. I think that's that's the place to operate from. I think that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, I hate to, I don't want to t- jump to a completely different no, level, but like, like it, it, it makes me think of all the post career athletes who fall into depressions or, I or just it. get completely lost. I yeah. did it. Yeah. I, yeah. Multiple times. Really? After college, like I, I and I'm trying not to like, just go on these rant tangents and stuff like that. But no, I want to hear about it. I, I, after college, I had aspirations of competing in the Olympics as, as a shot putter. Yeah. But if you know anything about shot put in the United States, like our top 10, like mm-hmm. you could take lift or throwers four through 10 mm-hmm. and they'd be top three anywhere else in the world. Is that right? Like yeah. the U.S. is just stacked in the shot. So sure. unless you are throwing 72 feet. Yeah. Not a chance. Really? I threw the shot. I didn't even break 60 feet. You know what I'm really? saying? Yeah. So then I got, I was like, what else can I do? Hammer throw. We're not good at hammer throw. I'm going to be an Olympian in the hammer throw. Hmm. And so I had a place. Uh, John Godina was opening or had just opened like a training center out in Arizona. And I'm like, I'm going to go there. He invited me. He's like, you got to pay your way. I'm like, I'm doing it. Ended up not working out. And I was like, I need to compete in something like this is horrible. Like I feel lost. And for the longest time, I was always chasing that next high. Mm -hmm. I was always trying to, I don't know if it's relevancy or just being good enough for somebody or whatever it was. So then I started doing the Highland games. I'm like, they have a pro class. I can make some money. I want to be a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. Then it was the weightlifting thing. I'm like, hold on. You mean I can be an Olympian again? Yeah. So I started doing that. And then after that, it was the grid. I'm like, hold on. I can get paid for exercising? Hell yeah. yeah. Like yeah. going through there. And it was just all these things. And then after grid, like I had put my body through so much for all these different people. And I was yeah. doing it for this person or this organization or whatever. And I like finally, like I remember sitting down being like, what did I do for me? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't take care of myself and I fell into that. Like I need purpose. I need. Yeah. And so like, I just dove head first into the coaching. I was like, it's not about me anymore. Like it's yeah. not like I, I gotta be able to help other people out. Like I, I, I want like the thing was, I didn't want people to fall into that same trap. And that's yeah. my biggest thing, especially with my weightlifters is they'll start doing stuff and I will pull them aside and be like, look, I did this. Yeah. It's not going to end well. Right. What you're doing right now is not going to end well. You're doing it for the wrong reason. So we do goal setting meetings twice a year. We set a goal and then we check in on it. Mm -hmm. And I say, like, I always ask people, I'm like, here's your goal. What's your why? Well, because I want to beat. I said, no. I was like, what? Here's the deal. I said, I need to know that your motivation is never going to go away. I Mm -hmm. said, if you're looking to beat somebody or to claim a title, like Illinois state champion, what Mm -hmm. happens if one year the Illinois state meet doesn't go on? Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that muse has left. And yeah. how do I know you're still going to want to work towards totally. that goal? If the motivation that you put on, so I always put something like, I'm like, I need something deeper. Yeah. Why is that goal important to you? Or it's like, do I want to beat somebody? Yeah. What if that person stops competing? Yeah. What are you training for then? And so that was just kind of where I shifted my focus towards, you know, as a coach and stuff. Like I was like, it's, I fell into that depression. Like I was constantly like, I'm not worthy if i'm yeah. not doing this for somebody like i fell into the trap of posting lift after lift after, uh, and my training suffered because i was like what stupid thing crazy stupid thing can i do in training yeah that's gonna get the likes that's mm-hmm. gonna get the attention and nowadays like i post the most boring stuff i could care less like my jokes get you know way more likes than, than any yeah, lifting yeah, video yeah. like yeah. i posted a video the other day of me doing push-ups on a band yeah but i explained you know what 
the reason behind it was probably one of my most liked lifting videos actually in yeah, recent memory that's awesome, and i'm dude. like that is really stupid but i get it like it, that, that's yeah. just where i'm at in terms of what i'm doing now and, in my and life. we need more of that i yeah. think i yeah. think there's like uh i think in I, I think social media has such an incredible potential to actually teach and like yeah. i say this all the time as much as I hate technology, yeah. this this phone is going to change medicine. It's going to change the way that yeah. we interpret the world. It is going to be very positive, yeah. but it also has comes with a lot right, of drawbacks. Right, right, right. And like if if we talk to um, who's the last person we had a conversation with this about Derek Woodski, yeah, who's a freaking beast in his own right, yes. obviously. Uh, we're t- we talk about like it how, drives me nuts how people don't how some people don't know how good of an athlete he was. Uh, drives me nuts. Absolutely elite. He like because <laughs> like, he was he was a track guy. Yeah, and like his Canadian records and the weight throw oh, and the yeah. hammer throw, like I don't think his uh, hammer throw record is still a thing. It might be, I don't remember. But like his weight throw, I, he, he ridiculous weight throw. He yeah. he two turned, I think almost eighty feet. And he's a beast, which is unreal. People and should be pe- people don't know. Yeah, and, and if people like, are, people are out there, if they if you don't know, look him up, Derek Woods. Yeah. he's and yeah. he's also a fantastic guy. He's yeah, a really he's good seen, guy. Yeah, he, too. I've never met him. I've, I've I've kind of exchanged over Instagram comment on something. Yeah. he's commented back. Like he seems like a good human. He and, is. and those are the kind of people from you, from our experience. Yeah, with yeah. Him, and yeah, those are the kind of people human. you want to hang out with. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, in our conversation, we started talking about just like um, how many people are probably broken right now yeah. because like they're going for the the like economy of like getting likes yeah. and you know the social media yeah. economy. People don't like. Uh, external band extension no, like, they don't no. want like the, the movement prep stuff they no. don't want the push-ups they want freaking max deadlift yeah. with uh, yeah. a slayer in the background right and and if if that's how people are training for the next post if you train for the next post you're gonna break yeah that's like that's yeah. how that goes so getting t- having people who have the authenticity and the level yeah, yeah. of success that you've had posting yeah, about perf- the essentials yeah, perfect. Perfect example of that is so I did a Highland Games last weekend mm-hmm. or two Labor Day. Yeah, last weekend, Wisconsin Highland Games, uh, Caber Toss. That's mm-hmm. my event. That's where you flip the telephone pole totally. and all that. Um, they have a Caber up there. I had a bunch of people warn me. They're like, "It is a beast. Like yeah. nobody turns this Caber." Um, I think it's something to the effect of five or six different athletes have turned this Caber in the history of the game since like the early two thousands. Yeah, I became this the, the next person to turn it. Yeah. And it was really cool because they have this big like plaster type thing on there that you can sign yeah. if you turn it. And like there are people that have turned it multiple times and stuff like that. And like mm-hmm. some of the best that have ever done the sport sign that caber. Wow. I had them take a video of me signing the caber because it's like moments like that you don't get. That's cool. Right. I don't know how many. I deleted a bunch of them. I don't know how many comments were like, do you have video of you turning it? Hmm. And I'm like. That's not what this is about. Like, yeah, you don't geez. understand this moment. Like, yeah. they were like, I'd like to see the video. I'm like, I would too, but I don't have, I don't have it. it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like but it was just, oh, but it was, that, it's that, it was that whole thing. Like, well, it was the, I, I wanted to share the experience of yeah. like, and, and, and what that meant. Sharing your not success. The, right. Not the, the, the actual thing. I could care less. Like, I flipped the caber a million times. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you want to find, see a video of me flipping a caber, just scroll They're back through, there. you'll find it. Right. Like, so yeah, it, it, it yeah. It's it's incredible. I actually uh, went through that recently on Instagram. It's um, there's some real psychology. Like everybody, there are a few truths to like every human being, and right. one of those truths is that every human being wants to feel important. Right. Even most humble in the world. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to feel it's like they, they mean something. They're, yeah. they're worth something. And some people, and, and worth is really. It's just a triggering of a variety of neural right, networks right, that all right, of a sudden right, right. they add up to like, okay, now I feel like I've made an impact yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. 
that impact can be made. You can just watch any superhero movie and get the idea. You can also get your worth through negative negativity, negative actions, right? Mm -hmm. You get responses. You all of a sudden, you're sitting at home uh, unhappy for whatever reason. You say negative shit and people respond. It's it's incredibly provocative to like Mm -hmm. talk down or talk crap to somebody. Um, And that happens on Instagram all the time. The people who do it for the attention. Yeah. And you totally see through it and you're like, oh. you're like if it's a buddy, you almost feel bad for him. If it's a buddy of mine, I'll text him and be like, dude, yeah. no, don't, I, don't, don't, don't do it. I, that literally happened yeah, the other yeah. day. A friend of mine said something. I texted him. I'm like, I just deleted it. Here's why. And we talked through oh, it. No, no, no. And, then meant, he, and then he came back. I meant like they posted like oh, something like negative. Something and negative. You told oh, nice. For good, attention. good for you. And I texted him. I'm like, do you need to talk? I said, I'd rather you talk to me than post that on social media for attention, likes, whatever. I said, I'm not saying that's what you did. I was like, but let's let's talk if you need it, my man. That's kind yeah, of I, deal. I think like, that's smart. I see you uh, wearing Nikes, yes, and you brought it up. So let's get into let's get into pop culture. Let's talk. Uh, what what is your stance on that on that situation? The whole I think a whole bunch of people are eating a whole bunch of crow right now. Okay, I think they spoke too soon. Um, I, here's the deal: I have a couple of rules. Uh, when it comes to my lifters, my business, I don't talk religion. I don't talk politics. I have Good. a couple friends that I will talk to about if it. If you don't feel comfortable sharing. No, no, no. Sharing. This is fine. Yeah, Listen, yeah, I, I yeah. have my own, you know, at the end of the day, here's the deal. I don't care if you're black, white, whatever, your orienta- sexual orientation, religious orientation. We need to be better people. Um, there's a lot of stupid going on right now. And <laughs> That's put it. Yeah. It, it, there is. I'm sorry. Yeah. And like, like, you know, I, I always have a story to relate to everything. So like the other day, I was, I was at a, a Oasis. And there was this, you know, little, you know, little black kid came up with a gas can. I didn't see the gas can at first, but he came up and I watched him go to like three different pumps asking for gas. Like he's like, my mom's car broke down. Like whatever. I don't know if he was lying or not. I, mm-hmm. I would hope that he didn't go through all the trouble of lugging a gas can around to lie. Just for some free gas. But like he didn't ask for money. He yeah. wanted gas. And so I was like, I watched him go to like four different people and he, the people told him no. Yeah. And I'm like, buddy, come here. I got you. Like, I had already had my pump going. I was like, here, come here. I'll fill it up for you. I filled it up and put the top back on, handed it to him, and he's like, thanks, man. And he walked away. My problem, and the reason I bring that up, my problem is, had that kid been white, how many people would have told him no? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's an honest question. People can get mad if they want. But it makes me, it makes me so mad seeing stuff like that because we are – in this age where, like, that Colin Kaepernick ad, mm-hmm. I think Nike did it on purpose. I know they did. because they're they A lot have, of people they, are they, talking about Nike right now. They have a very smart marketing yeah, they do. plan. They just posted that image mm-hmm. first. Everybody took it at face value. Yeah. Instead of taking a step back and going, is there more? Yeah. What is the meaning behind this? Yeah. Instead, they're like, oh, this brat is talking about sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He's an NFL quarterback, made, or was an NFL quarterback, making millions of dollars, played in the Super Bowl, this and that, got this Nike deal. What a brat. How could Nike do this? Like, yeah. this is not the quote-unquote American way. Yeah. What are their, their sales dropped, or their stock dropped, 6% or something like yeah. that? People are burning shoes that they already bought like mm-hmm. a bunch of morons yeah. because Nike's like, I already got your money, idiot. Like, yeah. go ahead, burn those shoes. And when you come around in three months, we got you. That's my favorite yeah, like, Right. Like, yeah. I'm like, give me your dang shoes. Size 12, I'll take yeah. them. Like, yeah. um, and then you got people posting, I will never wear Nike again. Good. That's more for me. I don't have yeah. to worry about fighting you at a line with the next release. Like, right. great. Good on you. Um, and then they came out with the ad. 
Yep. The video. The full video, right? And my, I think my wife sent it to me. Somebody sent it to me. I'm pretty sure it was my wife sent it to me. Read the ad or read the, read the description. Actually, I actually, after the Colin Kaepernick thing came out, I started Googling because I'm like, I want to know. I started reading their, 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 their ads and their, their scripts that they were putting out with this. And I'm yeah. like, how many people actually read it? I didn't post oh. about it, though. I didn't yeah. care. I'm like, I'm not starting this because there are just way too many ignorant people mm-hmm. that don't read. They don't mm-hmm. look into things. They don't That's do their right. own research. They just see something, react, or they react based off of what somebody else said about it. They don't do their own research. Mm-hmm. And then that ad came out. I, I, I read the scripts and I'm like, I can't wait for the ad. Because it said right in there, like, they're going to do the ad in a couple, like, like they're like, it's a campaign. It's a pre- yeah, yeah. Well, shocker. They had a marketing plan. Like, yeah. go figure. They're, they're a multi- Finally got yeah. their stuff themselves <laughs> yeah. together. They're a multi-billion dollar company. They're finally yeah. doing marketing. No, yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, people. But it came out, posted the ad, and yeah. I literally, I read it, or I watched it, X'd out of the video, and I said, Whole bunch of people feel real stupid right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was, and yeah. that's how I feel about it. Like I really hope all these people. Some people aren't. Some people are still going to stand by their guns, and you know what? Good for you for standing by what you believe in. Um, sure. But I firmly believe a lot of people are going to be eating a whole bunch of crow. Yeah. Because they they totally missed it. Mm-hmm. Nike did not. They knew right. exactly Nike. what they were doing. Like what was it? I think somebody said after the ad went up. Yeah. Or after the the video went viral, sales went up, not stock. Now, that was the other thing. I was arguing with somebody. They were like, 31% versus 6 They made a prop. No. Sales and stock are two different things, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. <laughs> um, but sales went up 31% yeah. after that ad. It's awesome. Phil Knight isn't laughing. He's yeah. just sitting there being like, well, he's probably got a cigar. He's probably smoking like, what's his face? Elon Musk was. Like, That's right. Just sitting there just laughing <laughs> yeah. at everybody. Like, you go. got you so good. I know. I wish I had enough money to go into Nike when they were down. At their, at oh, their I think lowest. I think my, my are they still down? Oh uh, no no no! I don't think they are they're anymore. I, th- yeah. I think they're back at where they were. They haven't yeah. in- increased, but yeah. like my, I mean, I, I know my wife. Multiple my, on your money. multiple people were like, I should have bought stock in them. Like Nike. one of my buddies and I yeah. were talking about it, and he uh, he was like, I should have bought stock in Nike. I was like, Yeah, you should have. I was like, If yeah. I had money, I would have bought stock. Yeah. So like, it is what it is, man. Like I just think. We just need to be better people. We need to yeah. be nicer to people. Like I'm not saying you got to go and. Do, you know, like charity work or, you totally. know, give the clothes off your back, but just smile at somebody and say, yeah. hey, how you doing? Like, yeah. I don't know how many times, like, I catch people off guard because I'll walk by them. I, when I'm wa- walking from the Jewel down to your place today, yeah, every person I walk by, I just smile and say, hi, how are you? Yeah. And the looks I was getting, I'm I like, man, like, I, I, I got <laughs> no ulterior funny. motive, I swear. Dude, I'm the same way. People used to make fun of me because I, I was like this even when I was in high school. Yeah. I remember being made fun of, like, if I make eye contact with somebody yeah. as I'm walking, I, I say hello. I So growing up, all, my uncles, my grandpa, my dad, you know, coaches, if I gave a crappy handshake, they'd make me redo it. Yeah. My, like, it yeah, was, just, it was sure. just one of those things that, like, and I do it now at school. Yep. Like, if a kid comes up to me and gives me that dead fish handshake, I said, we're redoing yeah. that. Like, I've joked around numerous times. I want to teach a, I don't even know what the right word is. I don't want to say, like, a, 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 a I don't want to say, like, a, 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 a etiquette. A, yeah. Etiquette's the best way. Yeah. I, was, I, I said men's rights or something. That's horrible. It's going <laughs> to piss somebody off. Yeah, no. Yeah. Etiquette is the best. I wanted yeah. to teach, like, an etiquette class. Yeah. yeah. Maintain eye contact. Yeah. Clear discussion. No ums, yeahs, curse words. Like, there was a guy I, I, I was sitting next to when I was waiting, you know, to come over here complaining on the phone about how he can't get a job. But like he literally, one of his sentences, it was a six word sentence. Four of the words were curse words. Yeah. And I'm like, 
notice anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 connection, like yeah. even if you toned it down and 50% of your language is curse words, like, I'm not against swearing. I swear all the time, especially yeah. when I'm mad. Like, I get it. But, like, there's a certain sense of professionalism that's going to help you get, like, just just be a better person. That's like, right. It, it doesn't take much. Pay for somebody's Starbucks behind you. So, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it, you know, like, just something. Just do something because you, you never know what, like, that kid, for instance. Yeah. If I would have turned him away, if he would have gone through that entire oasis and nobody would have helped him, who knows well, what kind of mental damage that would have done to that kid. Uh, I can tell you. Yeah. Be, like, I don't know about that kid in particular, yeah. but it's funny how... When people talk about like systematic oppression and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It appears in a variety of ways, yeah. but that certainly is one of those right. ways. That young man would have had such a negative experience yes. to a very specific sort of situation. Yeah. And this is the truth. Again, at the risk of going down a long thought pattern yeah, yeah. path here, like the things that we feel and think and the behaviors that we enact, yeah. those are all built things. Right. Babies don't feel hate. No. You know what I mean? We construct yeah. We construct these things right. along the course of our lives. And you want to know a good way to continue to reinforce like yeah. negative divides, especially in a city as divided as Chicago. Agreed. Uh, like just propagate them. Yeah. You know, say th- I, I assume that you know the story of a human uh, just by the way they look or the profession they're in or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Uh, that's a great way to make sure that story continues on exactly. in the negative ways. Exactly. That you think. Yeah. It's funny. I was actually reading this book this morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm pointing at Resilient by um, a professor out at UC Berkeley, uh, Dr. Hansen. And uh, it's funny. People – so our Instagram handle, our Twitter stuff, like coach for kindness is like what it is. Yeah. Uh, and people are like, well, what does that mean yeah. uh, exactly? And it's fair because I don't think – we're not like a squeaky clean operation. No. If you want to swear, I don't care. Yeah. If you want to drink beer and what yeah. – like. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Like I, you offered I, me a beer before we podcast. I, I sure like, did. I was, I, was, I, was, yeah. I was like, all right, I guess it's yeah. the party. Like, let's do it. Listen, I like beer and yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. And and like, listen, and, and when I, I'll say this, I'm not sure I've ever said it on the podcast before, but uh, playing football and like knocking someone down, there were some feelings in that that tapped into an animal oh, yeah. side of me that yeah. I haven't been able to recreate since, but no. I remember no. fondly. No. And I'm like, and, and my point is like, um, we're not saying we're not saying being soft, be squeaky clean, be stuff like that. We're saying uh, the, the the idea behind the Good Athlete Project is take someone's desire to be a good athlete, performance wise, and direct them down the path of being good in general. And the reason we chose Coach for Kindness uh, is because we could have chosen Coach for Toughness. Enough people coach for toughness, right? Okay. We in fact, it's like when people when people say why Coach for Kindness, we said why the fuck not? Like you, yeah. like that's a great thing I to think, coach for yeah, if you I, had to pick one. I think the thing that attracted me to what you guys were doing is you're trying to create a better athlete by focusing on their positive traits. Mm-hmm. You're not trying – like don't get me wrong. Anger is a great motivator. Like, can be. Hate I get is. angry sometimes. Right. <laughs> but you can't live your life that that's way. That's right. You know, that is going to create more destructive habits than, totally than right. developing habits. And, and you're leading – you might like this book okay. because what he's saying is like – uh, if you want to be resilient, yeah. you cannot be fueled by anger and stuff like that right. because that no. stuff, like there are guarantees in your life. One of them is that you're going to have to go through some tough right. times. Yeah. And if you don't have generosity and kindness, yeah. he actually uses the word kindness. I circled a couple times in there. Um, 
like then then it is really difficult right. for you to be resilient to go through the yeah. tough times and what makes yeah. like tough people tough and and especially at the elite, elite levels of toughness it's like grace and gratitude and yeah. kindness and yeah. the way that they handle the tough times and, and that's like not to not not to go on like a, a shameless plug but like hate wearing goods like matt vincent like that mm-hmm. was part of the reason i started working with him is because people are like he's such a hateful like why is he so hateful He's not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that for him. It was, you know, the, the whole thing about the, the bettering yourself and that, like, you just, you hate how you're addicted to that process of self-betterment. Huh. And that was the whole, like, message behind his brand and what you're talking about and stuff like that. It's like, you don't have to be an angry individual. And that was, that took me forever to get, to get. To give me, give us more of that because we were looking at it right now. I brought, you, I brought you some, brought uh, you some we got snapbacks. Some I'm gonna I'm gonna wear one of these today. Yeah. So uh, in but, case people are like why yeah, yeah tell yeah. us. So it's just pretty much like uh, he I, he can do a better job explaining than I am. There's, sure. If you go to the hate.com, there is a uh, a and mantra. It's H-V-I-I-I. H-V-I-I-I, Yeah. Um, uh, MattVincent.net I think might still take you there too. I don't know if that website's still around, but it, there's a great little explanation for it. And pretty much it's just his whole thing is just embracing the process. Like mm-hmm. we hate like people like us. Like we hate that we have to be competitive in something we hate the process of we're not complacent doing this like right. that is his whole thing it's not i hate the world mm-hmm. i want to take right. over the world. Right. that's right. not right. it at all and people right. like there and it's really funny because people have this connotation of matt and how he goes and then i had a couple people that were like i just don't know if i agree with what he says and then mm-hmm. he came to my gym and spoke yeah and a bunch of people were like Oh no, I can get on board with that like yeah. it's not a it's it's a it's a it's it's a hate for the fact that we want to do better that we yeah. have to do better that we're huh. not just complacent staying in one spot like if you follow matt or any of the athletes stuff like that yeah he, he can give a crap less what you lift yeah he doesn't care what like he, he'll promote like your accomplishments and he'll, he'll sure. congratulate you stuff like that Celebrate but it's all sure. about just like doing life better and that doing and that's the better, thing yeah. and that's the thing that like people just don't get and i that like i said that was the one thing that like attracted me to what you guys were doing and stuff like that and um, it was just like you said, you, you're focusing on building better athletes through reinforcing their positive traits mm-hmm. and their positive qualities. And I mm-hmm. think as a whole, the world needs a little bit more, of, a that. Little more of that. Like, yeah. we, we, I think especially in the last, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, political landscape, I but you. I just, I feel <laughs> like people are just, people took fears mm-hmm. and, uh, insecurities, exploited them yeah. and built a platform on them. Yeah. And I don't agree with it because I think it made more divide than mm-hmm. in some cases. Now, there, trust me, there are positives in every situation. Sure. But I feel like at the heart of the problem we have now is there are people that are just exploiting fear and insecurity. Yeah. And they've built a platform upon it. And it's like I said, it's just it's making it's making us as a, as a country, as a civilization. It's divided, dividing us more than we need. Like yeah. just be a better person. Do good. Like just do good things for people. Just smile and nod. Say hi. Buy their coffee for them. Open a door. Yeah. Shake their hand, making eye contact. Like, it's not hard. Do you hear what he's essentially saying, Alex? We have we have this thing where every now and then we'll before a session we'll ask athletes to just uh, relay to the group, say publicly, talk publicly about a random act of kindness. Yeah. It has to be unprovoked. Yeah. It has to be just like one nice thing you yeah. did for someone else yeah, for, I, for no reason. Yeah, I mean, one of the athletes said it to me that we would do our goal setting meetings. I had an athlete say to me the other day, and I didn't even know I do this, but like. She said, like, the thing that attracted me to the gym is everybody that walks into the gym, I say, hey, how you doing? Or yeah. while they're warming up, I'll go and stand next to them and say, how you feeling? How is this today? How is that today? And I make sure when people are leaving, I will, like, chase them out the door say, hey, bye. Like, yeah. great job today kind of a deal. Like, you did great. Like, I'm really blah, blah. 
I didn't realize I did it. It was yeah. just what I got in college from my coach mm-hmm. that I really loved. Like he warming up, he was in your face like, did you sleep? Did you do that? Like whatever. Yeah. And I just took that and I was like, this is how you coach. This mm-hmm. is how you make, this is what separates you from the X's and O's people. Mm-hmm. And I had an athlete bring it to my attention. She goes, you do a really good job of that. And that's why I like being part of the organization. And it's just those mm-hmm. little things. You don't know what kind of a crappy day somebody's having yeah. and a simple, hey, great job today kind of mm-hmm. like what that could do for the rest of their day so it just yeah I and mean, i i've said it like 20 times i would just be a better person like be a, a gooder person like be a just, good uh, there it is be a <laughs> I gooder like person it. no you're right man because uh if you're if your baseline of operation is just like good and, and yeah, nice yeah. then that doesn't mean you can't be tough it doesn't no. mean you can't have all the full spectrum of emotion <laughs> but but why not why I not have, start I, I have blown up on my fair share of athletes and i've lost my cool just like the rest of the, have i ever the yelled at you when you were an athlete mm. so i <laughs> i mean it just happened it's part of it's yeah. part of the gig but i think you can only do that like you can jump to that level yeah. But but your bedrock to keep using will, the term and, has and to be once I do it, I'll be the first one to apologize and be yeah. like, I was out of line. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. This is why I got mad. Kind of a deal. Yeah. And well, I, you know that that you're gonna come back to that coach and it's gonna be different. Exactly. You're gonna come back and it's like they're not just gonna scream at me again. Yeah. It's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'll say, I'll say flat out. I'm like if that that just rattled you. Let me know. I won't yeah. do it again. We'll talk about it. Right. Yeah. So good deal. I like it, man. All right. Um, are you sitting down? More sitting down. <laughs> that's a good uh, I think we just got a title. <laughs> that's right. The, the title of the podcast, Always Sitting Down. Or maybe the memoir. Sitting and listening, man. We've got a... Uh, because Coach Nadala has something called the lightning round. The lightning round. Oh, I, uh, that's what we do on our podcast. Let's Is do there, the lightning let's round. Let's get yes. it. Let's get it. All, All right. right. Lightning round. Yes. Here we go. First job. First job? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a bagger at a grocery store and I absolutely hated it. I tried getting fired and it didn't work. Too accommodating. At where? What grocery store? Uh, it was a Fair Play in Hickory Hills. Ooh, that's my alarm. Uh, fair Play in Hickory Hills. My cousin was the assistant manager and I needed to pay for a trip. So she got me. As soon as I turned 16, she got me this job and I hated it. I yeah. tried everything in my power to get fired and it didn't work. How did you can can we hear one of the strategies you used? Here, yeah. yeah. How did you get I literally like I we had a break room and I always offered to clean the bathrooms. And the bathroom was in the break room and I would take all the stuff, get everything ready to go, sit, put the bucket full of water right in front of the door to the break room, and then I'd go sit in the break room, turn the TV on. And if they opened the door and hit the water, I'm like, oh man, I gotta clean that up. Oh man. Clean it up. They'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. They'd go do whatever. They'd leave. Put it right back in front of the door and sit down. I, th- th- I they're, 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 Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There was one time. I did that for like three hours straight. It was like, it was like a six-hour shift. I spent half of it in the break room. Meanwhile, and, they're and the, writing up Tom as incredible. We spent yeah. three hours. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, wow. It was just like total backfire yeah. on me. Yeah. I, like, I would do stuff like or, – or, or we had to go get cards. Yeah. Worst thing I hated. But I would take my sweet time. Go and walk. I would take a cart and like if I for, when I got there, I parked my car because we had to park like in the back. Of, if I saw a cart, I would take it, push it to the other end of the shopping center. Yeah. Just so I could go walk and go get it because yeah. I did not want to be in there. And they're like the same thing. They're like, man, you know what? You're just dedicated. You went and got that cart. Like, <laughs> I appreciate. And I was yeah. just like, damn it, no, I didn't want to work today. Like, yeah. that yeah, that was my first job. I repeatedly tried. And my cousin, after the fact, now she knows. Like she she yeah, says yeah. she goes she goes you were such a butt she goes yeah. you tried getting fired I was like I did 
I would yeah. purposely show like I sh- I, would, I was the worst employee at that job because I hated it because <laughs> I wanted to be a stalker. Yeah. And they wouldn't let me. They made, they yeah. made me bag. Too damn personal. They made me personal. bag groceries. Yeah, it goes to people yeah. like, can you double bag with a plastic bag in the side? I'm like, no, just yeah. carry it yourself. Yes. Like, yeah. was anyways. <laughs> And fair play went out of business. But yeah, I mean, uh, they did. Yeah, they did. They actually, I think the the one the one Hickory Hills isn't there anymore. Oh man, uh, what's your fondest high school sports memory? Fondest high school sports memory. Um, junior year, uh, we always host an outdoor invitational for track and field, and there were two guys that I was a junior. Um, there are two guys that were seniors, and I can't remember what the meet record was. It was something not great. 47 feet, 48 feet, something like that. Yeah. We had two guys that were there, like, and they're, all people kept talking about was they were really good football players. They're going to crush this record. They're state qualifiers in the shot. And I remember, I think I was like fourth or fifth on the, 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 the seed chart or whatever. Mm-hmm. And our AD, who was a dick at the time, I could he's not there anymore, thank God. Um, he's a track guy. Mm-hmm. But... I said something to the effect of because they, they they give you a medal and they put your name on it. It was yeah. cool. And I said I was like I was like I was you got my name plaque ready for that medal. And he looked at me and was like, "You really think you have a chance at winning this meet?" And I was wow. like, "Oh, okay, cool." I ended up winning the meet on my very last throw. Like it was like a whole like tip. Like yeah, and yeah. these guys just had a bad day, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't throw well at all. And I had like a four foot PR. I think I threw like 48-11 or something like that as a junior, like won the meet, got the stupid medal, and the best part about it was the dude had to hand me the medal. Oh, that guy. Yeah, and I was just like, where's my plaque? Like, I was like, like, where's my name tag kind of deal? Like, I was was a jerk in high school, but um, that that was probably like one of my favorite uh, uh, high school moments, yeah. That's awesome. If you only had 30 minutes to exercise and access to any equipment, what would you do? Sandbag. Do some kind of interval with a sandbag or a sled. I, I love the strong man, like yeah. manual labor type stuff. I, you give me a, you give me a pile of wood and an axe, I'd be just as happy to. Like I, that was my favorite chore growing up. So anything just manual, that like requires your body to, like your body is the the, the way uh, the reason to get or the, the the mover. You know, axe, sandbag, yeah. sled, something like that. Thirty minutes, I could, I kill myself in thirty minutes. For sure, I love that. You know anything? I'm quick aside. I'm sorry. Do you know anything about the nature research about that kind of stuff? Because I've answered that question before. Here's how I answered it. Like I'm, I'm the exact same way. Mm-hmm. I want. I, I've told you this before, but I was out in the mountains of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and my exercise was pick a tree, run to the tree, yep. run back, and then there was like a, uh, there was a, uh, a log getting, and a stone, I'm and getting, I was like, this is perfect. I'm actually a bunch of me and my buddies were getting ready to go to Scotland next year. They have all their manhood stone challenges. Oh, we, yeah. are, we are getting ready uh, next year. We're going to go spend about a week in Scotland. And they have about 20 different sites for these challenges. Yeah. And we're going to go. We're just going to go in that's our kilts. Awesome. And we're just going to. We have, a, we have a guy that's going to be our tour guide. And we're going to just travel the island. Go to these different sites and try to lift these numerous different stone challenges. Just because you can. Wow. Um, I don't yeah. know if you saw the Rogue Fitness video. with their the About Iceland and all their stone challenges. They have one that's called uh, Full Sturker which is full strength. It's these four stones that sit on a beach. And back in the day, that was how they determined what shares you got as a fisherman. You Mm. couldn't lift one of the first two stones. You had to stay on the shore. You didn't get to go on the boat. If you lifted the third stone, it was called half sturker or half strength. Mm -hmm. You got to go on the boat, but you only got a half share. Mm. And if you lifted the big stone, which was full sturker, 
you got a full share of whatever you earned that day on the boat. And it was just all that kind of, that, like, that kind of stuff interests, awesome. it, it, that kind of yeah. stuff interests the hell out of me. So yeah. anything like manual labor, like, like I'll still to this day, like when I go to my parents' house, I'm like, you have any wood that needs to get cut? Yeah. And I will stand out there for 20 minutes, even if it's like snowing. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll, I'll sit there, I'll sharpen the ax, I'll go out in the back, get all the wood for my dad, Ma, I'll cut it up bring it all up for them. They're like, I, that's enough. Like you only, need, only needed a couple. I'm like, well, I cut the whole pile. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's kind of, that's the kind of stuff that I like to do. I love it. Uh, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, yeah. but, uh, what would you say your favorite cheat meal is? Favorite cheat meal? It, uh, that, 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 is the... not, that is not my favorite cheat meal. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what? A good cheese or carrot cake. I eat the hell out of a good cheese or carrot cake. Uh, my wife, she makes, She's gotten into this thing where she starts making, she made a Samoa cheesecake one time. That was probably my, my favorite thing. But like, I'm never going to turn down a good carrot cake. Mm. I'll eat the hell out of some carrot cake. So Tacos are work too. If we're trying to like, if we're just talking about like, there's a place right by the our, our uh, gym uh, that I go to. Pro, oh, not anymore. I used to go there like once a week. I could put away 10 tacos like it's my job. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I like, we'll go there and every once in a while I'll have challenges. Mm-hmm. And I, back in the day, I could put away 20 tacos without oh, blinking geez. an eye. Now it's about 10 or 12. 10 or 12 is my limit. But yeah, tacos is always a good option. But if I'm talking just straight up sweet tooth, yeah. I'm going to say carrot cake is going to win out. I will That's eat pretty good. the hell out it's of It's kind of healthy. It's got carrots in it. It's got vegetables. It yeah. covers all your food. It's carrot based. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, is, what has been the biggest challenge of your career and how did you overcome it? Myself. Um, for the longest time, I just never either either – I would get stuck in the whole it's got to be perfect before I put it out there kind of mentality or I just didn't believe I belonged in the same league as some people, whether it was a competition or teaching or coaching or whatever. Uh, yeah, my still to this day, my I'm my biggest enemy. Um, yeah. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing career-wise? I'd probably be a strength. I, originally, I wanted to be a strength coach at a college. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at, I, so right after college, I graduated uh, and I was personal training. I was teaching, and then I was at North Central College coaching their throwers. Um, and they were in the pro D three passed the thing at that time that like you had to have certified strength and conditioning specialists mm-hmm. doing the training programs. And so North Central College, I don't know if they ended up going through with it, but they were in the process of creating a department. And so the football team had a guy. He was going to be the head coach, and then it was me. And one of the GAs, we started studying for our CSCS. And what was going to happen was the GA was going to take all the non-Olympic sports. I was going to take all the Olympic sports. And we were going to be assistants to the yeah. football guy. And he was just going to deal with football. That's what that's what I, I originally wanted to do. That's what got me That's what got me out to Cal Strength. I didn't know how to do cleans or snatches properly. Yeah. And Glenn's like, do you want to come out? And I'm like, yeah, I can learn how to do these. And I can have a leg up on other coaches because I know how to do them the right way. Ended up. Not, but, you know, like, I mean, I, I do know how to do them the right way, but right. it's just a completely different career path. But, yeah, that was always the goal. I wanted to be a strength coach somewhere. Yeah. And were you – I saw uh, – I think it was a post. Were you with North Central when they won a national championship? They won three in a row. And I was, the, I was the throws coach there. We – the first – I'm not going to say it was because of me, but the third – the first indoor national championship they won, they hadn't had a thrower get All-American in quite some time. And my one thrower ended up, he went into the meet, I think, ranked seventh, and he finished third. Wow. Um, and it was a huge point boost and kind of sealed the deal for them. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he put them over the top. So that was a real big, like, whatever for me. Like, I was really yeah. excited about that. Outdoors, we ended, I ended up having, like, three throwers go mm-hmm. to nationals and help contribute to the team title. And then the following year, I left. And that was when I left to go to Cal Strength. I left mm-hmm. in the middle of the year. 
but we had like three or four throwers that yeah. went to the nationals that that helped contribute and stuff like that. So I have I have they they were really generous and gave me three um three national championship rings for the three um, indoor title or the indoor awesome. the, the indoor outdoor and then the indoor title that they won. So I have a little box at home that I found the other day when I was cleaning up my basement that has the three That's national awesome. championship rings. Really yeah, cool. yeah, cool as hell. Uh. As a leader in your field, what advice would you give to a future leader that is going to embark on a similar journey to yours? Uh, close your mouth and open your ears. Plain and simple. Um, I, I, I could talk all day. I get more out of listening to people. Um, and I think that's a big thing. Everybody wants to say, I can do this. I know how to do this. I'm good at this. But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like The minute you think you're done learning, like you need to stop. So I'm always telling people now. Like just, just sit and listen, just shut up and listen. Um, you might, even if you hear something you don't agree with, you know, this is something I don't want to do. Like you get you, Ryan Oldfield, um, rest in peace. Uh, one of my first like athletic heroes, I guess he said like, no human is completely worthless. They can always serve as a bad example. And I, and, and, and I, I really believe that. Like I take it to heart. So yeah, every time I get people talking, I'm like, just go listen, just shut up and listen, stop talking for a minute. And just hear what somebody else has to say. You might learn something that you never thought about in a particular way. Good, love it. End yeah. of lightning round. Well, that, hey, th- that was that was excellent. So uh, not only did you pass the lightning round with flying colors, but uh, nailed it, dude. I think um, I think the stuff that you're already doing aligns very clearly and cleanly with the messaging that we try to put out there. Um, we talk about the goal setting, yeah. uh, and the reevaluation of those yeah. goals, yeah. and having like. Uh, essentially it, it sounded like, and maybe we didn't touch on it in the full conversation, but, uh, the idea that wanting to win a state championship, say, yeah, yeah. that's an awesome goal. If that yeah. gets you out of bed and moves you fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But what if you, you know, in this, in the building of goals, if you chop the top off of it yeah. say like some guy, you're trying to win a state championship and some absolute freaking nature shows up and yeah. blows everything out yeah. of the, he's, he's a once in a generation type guy. Does that make your time as an athlete yeah. or less the, valuable somehow? Or you the know? field doesn't show up and, or the, you, and you walk away with it. And you walk, right. Like, it does, does, and, and the question is, does that change the yeah. experience? If that one day, does that one day of throwing make yeah. up for the four years of right, training? Right, I, mean, uh, that was, I, I joke around with people like with the, the one national medal I won yeah. in weightlifting. Like I was the best that showed up that day. That's it. Like the top three guys, one dude couldn't. You know, couldn't make the meet for work yeah. related reasons. Mm-hmm. The other two dudes got stuck because we had bad weather. Of, yeah. They got stuck on planes. Yeah. I was the best that day. I'm there never go. gonna sit there and be like, I was the best that year or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was the best that showed up that day. And I understand. Yeah. I'm not trying to diminish it, but I understand sure. that you ha- it's who shows up that day and does yeah. the best. I get that, but I'm not gonna sit there and be like, I was yeah. 105 plus champion. Like, yeah. No. The real winner didn't show up. Well, I just happened to take that opportunity and run with it. I'm like, with you. Yeah, I uh, I'll push back though because you are the winner. Because like right, part right, like right. In, in because part of it is showing. Oh no, up. trust me. Yeah, somebody yeah, tries to take the medal up. away from no, me. I'll, yeah, sock, exactly. I'll sock him right in the mouth. That's right. What, but no, yeah, that's it's, right. It's yours. And and I think and I think what is so awesome about it is like if you took first or you took third or yep. you took f- whatever the, your process any, any color any super color of those medals i would have earned it at that meet you would have i, I would have earned and, yeah, absolutely and feel good about for that's sure right. yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's really encouraging to hear thanks for all that no, you've no done problem. thanks We're, for having uh, me on man i appreciate sure. it always a good time to talk shop with like-minded people
This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen, and feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout. 